1: Shalom. We talked last few weeks about unity, and where does unity lead us to? Great question. See what today's teaching is all about by staying with us as we ask for the heart of Messiah. But first, let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. We thank you for the opportunity to speak about you and your word another day. And, Lord, we pray that it will be an anointed time that will make a difference in our lives and that we will be closer to your heart because of this teaching. I pray that it will be applicable and that you would be glorified. So we bless you, we praise you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Well, uh, I had mentioned uh, a few weeks ago that we fell short uh, of our paying our radio bills last year. And we'd be blessed if you would like to help us um, f- so that we can uh, get this year off to a good beginning. And uh, so call our office, 813-831-5673. Or go to our website, heartofmessiah.org, and donate. Uh, Certainly would appreciate it. It would get our, uh, as I said, our teaching um, to uh, a good start because uh, I pray that this is a helpful ministry, a helpful program, and I hope you will agree. So as I mentioned last week, we talked about unity. Everybody wants it, but many people don't develop behaviors that create unity, and we're continually uh, tested by life situations, and how we react is the key to developing unity with others. Our frustration stops unity. So here are some examples or of some tests that we run into. How many of you realize that our families can push our buttons? <laughs> and Once we get upset, There's not a lot of unity to go around, right? Or how about the people we meet in public? Uh, You know, the fast food person who is moving slowly. Or the newspaper delivery uh, guy who misses our lawn. Or the banker who won't take off the late charge. Or talking to a computer when our bill is messed up. Yeah, these these are things that get to us. And then, you know, some things get to us by association. You know, we think of politicians, and some people say, oh, they're all crooks anyway. And and people generalize about Jewish people. Oh, only concerned about money. Or blacks, ang- angry and dangerous. You know, these are the things that cause disunity in people. This is the thing that causes People to be uh, feeling like, uh, how are we ever going to be in unity with people who react this way? You know, and, and then there are the people in the congregation. Somebody said something to offend you. Uh, did, they did something that was offensive. You didn't appreciate how they spoke to your child. Or, hey, what I've heard is, Rabbi Steve, make the service more Jewish. Or Rabbi Steve, make this service less Jewish. (laughs) I can't respect them because they have a judgmental spirit. I can't respect them because they don't do the things that they ought to be doing. I mean, you know, you just can't win, right? Right. So we have to learn how to react. You know, uh, people in our congregation say, oh, well, this is too charismatic. This is too churchy. This is too rigid. It's under the law. Their worship isn't anointed. All they care about is money. There's too much liturgy. Well, uh, pray to be one with and in unity with people that you have in contact with so that you're not that person and that you learn to, to dis- diffuse people who come at you that way. This is extremely important. Now, overlooking an offense does not mean we ignore justice. It doesn't mean we pretend that evil or wrongdoing doesn't exist. It just means we're willing to forgive quickly and at all times it means we refuse to hold grudges it means we refuse to continue to talk about a person or a situation negatively unless you expect a positive outcome it means you refuse to listen to others talk about a person or a situation negatively unless you expect a positive outcome it means when there are situations that require a quick response we show patience even as we stop the wrongdoing. Overlooking an offense seems impossible. But God's ruach, His spirit, offers us the power to forgive all wrongs. In Matthew 6:12 it says, "Forgive our debts as we forgive or we have forgiven our debtors. That should be our cry. God always puts the responsibility, on us Romans 12:18 if possible so far as it depends on you or me live in peace with all people i'm convinced that when we don't value love and unity and purpose to be an example of them both we lose our focus and allow life to and and our desires to become more important than what god wants can you make your goal today to love unconditionally and to strive for unity because that's god's desire unity comes as a result of sacrificial love it comes as a result of a humble spirit it comes as a result of forgiveness it comes as a result of not taking an offense Unity comes as a result of the sacrifice of not speaking negatively about someone or a situation. Unity comes when you love. your love for God is greater than anything you want to keep. You're willing to sacrifice in order to have a real relationship with the Lord. Let me share with you a current issue as an example. Uh, have you talked? this past week with anyone who disagreed with your opinion on abortion? Let me ask you, did you promote health in that conversation or did you create division? The normal response to me is I had to tell them the truth. It is possible to disagree with someone and promote health in a conversation which could have been heated. So here's my example I have for you. I met a fellow this past week in the hot tub, (laughs) and we started talking. After a while, it became clear we had some differences that landed our conversation on the subject of abortion. He announced he was pro-choice and that women had the right over their own bodies to choose. Have you ever been at that point where you feel passionate in your disagreement? But remember, <laughs> my goal is to end up in unity. How is this going to be possible? So let's go back to what happened. So I asked him for permission to ask him some questions about his opinion. And and I think that's important because... To just go into the conversation um, is going to get people defensive or offensive. But uh, by asking permission, it shows that I am willing to be humble. I'm willing to respect uh, what he says because I'm now, if I'm going to ask questions, I'm going to have to listen for the answers. So he said yes. Yes. So I asked if he was in favor of a baby being aborted on the delivery day. In other words, after nine months of pregnancy. He said, definitely not. I said, okay. I asked him if he would be in favor of a woman having the right to abort their child. mm, How about one month before delivery time? And he said, no. So then I said, Well, okay, that at what point in a woman's pregnancy should she still have the right to choose? And he thought about it for a while and he said, Well, I think it's fair in the first trimester because they, if there was a rape or if there was some problems, they would know it in the first trimester. So I said, You are more pro-life than the law in the state of Florida, which is just about to be adopted, which says 15 weeks. And I could tell he was a little surprised at how I responded to him, but it was true. I said, though I would like to see no abortions, look at how much we agree on. Why are you labeling yourself as a pro-choice person when you don't agree with the progressive side of your party? He understood and was fine with what I said, though he also understood I was against abortion. And so that conversation kind of ended in unity, not in agreement. But, you know, though I think truthfully, I think maybe he'll think a little bit about Some of the things I said, but he was so focused on how he's heard these arguments before that when I went a different direction, he was he never got excited, never got upset. It it was just a good conversation. Well, we didn't stop there because we were talking about President Biden and President Trump, and he obviously did not like President Trump one bit and he obviously felt that president biden was doing a reasonable job and i so we started to tackle the the area of inflation and he stated that president biden couldn't do anything more than what he's been doing to make it better and that he had been on wall street he's a, retor- a retired guy from wall street after 42 years and he was in uh, bonds and hedge funds and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, he he, he understood better than most people about inflation. So my thinking was, okay, I had to respect what he said and who, you know, who he was. So I asked him why he thought there was inflation. And he answered, because of the war in Ukraine. And I asked what did the war have to do with inflation? And he said, because of the price of oil. So I asked him, if Biden hadn't canceled the pipeline and gave, decided to give the energy companies the right to drill in Alaska, do you think we would be in a better situation with inflation? and he agreed that it was possible inflation would be lower when we finished our conversation we talked about the lord we talked about a lot of things it was quite interesting because his wife was jewish uh, by conversion and he wasn't jewish he was uh, he grew up presbyterian so we had all sorts of conversations uh but we left and found that our conversation was encouraging and that we could disagree and explain our side. He said that it was helpful to know the other side and that he wished politicians could do as we did. We left not necessarily agreeing on everything. We did agree on some things, and I tried to find those areas of agreement, but we left in unity, and he felt that it would be great if we talked again. So... I'm trying to use this example to just just point out to you that this is possible, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of thinking, a lot of creativity so that we say the right things at the right time because we know what the hot buttons are, we know When we say something that just isn't going to work. And then let me ask you do you think, after all these weeks that I've talked about unity, that it is an important topic close to the heart of Messiah? You know, I'd love for you to email me your thoughts, your stories, examples of how we can encourage one another and be in unity with each other. You know, you could email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Well, this is kind of a segue to our next topic, and it's brought about by our parashah. Remember, the parashah is the weekly reading that we do from the Torah, and uh, this week it was from number 16. Ah, well, we're going to start with Numbers 16, 1 through 4, and see what there is to talk about, which is sort of connected to unity. It says... Now Korah, son of Izhar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, and sons of Reuben, Dathan and Abiram, sons of Elab, and uh, son of Peleth, rose up against Moses, and took two hundred and fifty men from Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, men of renown, who had been appointed to the council. They assembled against. Moses and Aaron. They said to Moses and Aaron, You've gone too far. All the community is holy, all of them, and Adonai is with them. Then why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of Adonai? When Moses heard this, he fell on his face. Well, when we're not in unity, it can easily develop rebellion. And one of the interesting things about Moses' reaction is he fell on his face to pray. So he didn't respond to him. He said, in a sense, he was saying, Lord, I'm going to speak to you first. I'm going to pray. Lead me, guide me. And that's really what happened when he finally got up to speak to Korah. He he had some things that he had to say, and, and, and so Korah Cor- was just, wasn't just dissatisfied and then got mad at Moses. I mean, look at what he did. He took 250 leaders, people who were trusted, people who were responsible for others. They rebelled against Moses and Aaron. You don't just get 250 leaders to follow you without a lot of discussion and a lot of talking beforehand, right? Imagine the amount of networking that was done first. All the disrespectful words that were spoken by Korah, and then the disrespectful words that continued among others. This this was the the this is what had to have happened prior to this moment where. He calls out Moses and Aaron. And I would just mention to you the Matthew twelve thirty six and 37 scripture, but I tell you that on the day of judgment, men will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Look, negative forms of expressions such as insulting, mean-spirited speech uh, cultivate in us a negative, cynical view of the world. And so what I'm picturing is Kara in his exuberance to get everybody on his side and, and really push the narrative that they were being treated unfairly and Moses thought he was better than everybody else, it made the people negative and cynical of how they saw things. So by the time they got to Moses, they were pretty hot. Well, we'll take that, we'll look at that in a minute, but let me, let me say something about how Judaism, certainly in the past, maybe not so much in the future, though in the Orthodox community, yes, words are important. And uh, there's a, a a a phrase for this. It's called lashon, uh, uh, lashon I'm sorry, lashon hara, lashon hara, and lashon hara means evil speech or evil tongue. And so, in Judaism, speech is considered lashon hara when something negative is said about a person or a group. Of people. We are never to embarrass someone. And saying something that will not correct or improve a situa- situation is in another example of this. It is true, which means Lashon Hara is not slander, because slander is making false accusations to damage a person's reputation. So, indeed, true statements are even more damaging than false ones because you can't defend yourself by disproving the negative statement if it's true. And in Exodus 22, verse 27, it says, Do not despise God or curse a ruler of your people. Our words can easily lead ourself and others to agitation and a revolt now what was said we caused this disrespect for authority. They said to them, You've gone too far, all the community is holy. we've read it so. This wasn't just a disagreement. Moses and Aaron were accused of exalting themselves. And you know what? In a sense, it was true. They were the leaders. So this this was true. They were the leaders. God appointed Moses to be the leader, the one in charge, the one anointed to lead the people. So it's reasonable to say that Moses was above all the others. Moses had no choice in the matter. God chose him. Yet. He was still humble, so it wasn't completely valid. The other problem they were having with Moses is that everyone was holding, not just Moses. God is with them, too, is what they said. However, that was not true. That was a terrible exaggeration. The people were not holy. They just had the incident with the spies, and, and and you know, there was nothing holy about this group of people. They were not hearing from God. They were not obedient to God, and they needed a strong leader like Moses to lead them. But usually people who are rebellious use feelings rather than facts in order to persuade others that they are correct. Well, you know what? We're going to continue this teaching next week, but we've run out of time. So I would just mention this to you, that we want to have, as the program says, the heart of Messiah. And so as you listen to this, one of the things I would just mention to you is try and decide each day to create unity, to, to, to really bless people rather than to cause division. But let me mention this. As I mentioned before, if there's any way you can help us financially, we would love it. Call our office. or you can go online at at rabbiathartofmessiah.org. We also would love you to visit one of our congregations. We have four uh, that are in this area. Bring a friend. uh, Go online to shereshtavid.org, and you will get a sense of where our congregations are and what time on Friday night or Saturday um, they have their services. Um, so at this point, let, let's close with a word of prayer and, and a message from God. In Psalm 1915, it says, this is a prayer to the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable before you, Lord. You are my rock And you're my Redeemer. And I pray for all those who are listening that they will make that prayer today and they will apply it into their life so that they will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.
0: You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah. God is my